We are here with author, comic book creator, speaker, all around good guy, and our very first guest. Social media hater. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> we are here with BJ right. Mendelson. BJ, thank you so much for joining <laughs> thank us. Thank you so much, hey. dude. First guest. Thank you guys. Um I, I sure hope we went with the right movie for your first guest. But... Oh my It should have been Showgirls, but pretty close. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was that's always todd's it's the showgirls or beaches showgirls or bust yes okay beaches <laughs> that's that's a hot take i can see i can see people wanting to fight on that one he's, he's got an interesting it's a it's a hot movie thing. too yeah. if you watch beaches and you can get through the whole thing without having a rage boner like i you're you're a better person than me <laughs> i tell you that it's all rage with him too it's it's horrifying i need the anger or else it's not gonna yeah. happen <laughs> um so uh we do we talk about your books you have uh social media is bullshit you have sure. uh pri you have privacy and we want uh i just need to know right now uh is our facebook page the reason donald trump got elected <laughs> uh would it would it help if i said yes no <laughs> it helps me okay. yeah sleep at night I, I'd like, yeah, yeah it had nothing to do with it okay it, uh, i totally yeah <laughs> I totally, totally wanted to speak to you about this because okay. I absolutely, I know you do not hate, you know, the tool itself, right. but you're, you're very educated about it. And I've always, for literally no reason at all, hated social media. Asked this guy, I was okay. like the last guy to have a cell phone, total Luddite. And then I saw that you wrote the book, Social Media is Bullshit, which I think you should have put an exclamation point at the end of the word bullshit, like you were screaming <laughs> so. it and then throwing your phone. This is bullshit. <laughs> You know, and then throw it. But I dig your style on that. And were you totally Thank like, you. fuck you, everybody? When, can we swear into this thing? Well, we swear in every other episode. I don't think we oh. should stop now. Okay. okay so were you, were you totally like, totally awesome, like, fuck everybody, when you were saying yes. that social media is bullshit, and then suddenly we find out what you've always known, which is like, it's so rigged that it's disgusting. And Mark Zuckerberg is actually an Android with human skin stretched over top of him. <laughs> right. He looks a lot like data uh, or so the internet tells me he looks a little bit like he data from next generation. Like who data. Oh my God. You're right. I have never thought yeah. about that before. And now oh. I can think of nothing else. You, ha you have to Google this. Just, just Google Mark Zuckerberg data. and it It's fantastic. It is. It'll make your day. Yeah. Did you feel a little bit of vindication when you, you know, you've got your book about privacy and then everything comes out with him? Were you holding your book out the window going, yeah. I told so, you. <laughs> this has happened twice now. Uh, so I started writing like social media is bullshit in 2010. So I was a little, a little ahead of the curve, but then it was just after all the stuff started to happen. I was like, yep, I totally called it. And then, yeah, the privacy book also was written in 2015, 2016. And so now you've got Zuckerberg, in front of the uh, European Union Parliament this morning and then the Congress. And uh, yeah, I try very hard not to say I told you so. Like, I don't want to be that guy. But there's certainly been some moments where I've just sort of sat there going, I fucking told you. Yep. <laughs> you yep. are an infinitely better man than either one of us because I still wouldn't be I was like this. We would have had to cancel the podcast and that would just be like, would just yeah. be me. You would see just photos of Todd crying and reaching for me going, you need to eat. It's been months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh but yeah oh man i say i told you so and i didn't even come up with a book on the matter <laughs> no yeah exactly well i had a lot of that i had a lot of people that would come into the store who had no idea who i was or what the book was about and they would look at the title and they would hold up the book over their head proudly 
and I'd circle around the store. That's happened a few times. So yeah, there's been a number of people who have thought that way. Well, it's like that Sally Field union moment, right? The strike moment. It's like this. Yes. It's uh, it's they they walk in with Dianetics, throw it on the ground in a rage, (laughs) pick your book up and hold it high. Exactly. (laughs) There's a new god in town. And somebody was crushed (laughs) under the giant Dianetics book. Exactly. What was your motivation to write, especially the second book? So you've got the first book out. Was it more to, was it kind of, did you think of it more as like, I need to elaborate on what I said by digging into the privacy? Or was it, I have a whole nother point to make? There's a book sandwich between the two of them uh, that I ghost wrote for like this tech company executive. It'll probably never see the light of day, but basically it was about if you dangle billions of dollars in front of 18, 19, 20-year-olds, they're going to do some really shitty stuff to get that billion of dollars. And <laughs> it's it's hard you know, it's hard to fault them, right? So uh, that's really where the privacy stuff came from. As, yeah, as I was going through that book and doing the research, I was like, okay, well, the first thing that goes out the window is your data because you have no idea what the fuck is going on with it to begin with. So all of these kids are gobbling it up and using it. Uh, my favorite example, there's a company, do you guys watch Shark Tank? Uh, you, yeah. I, I have watched Shark Tank. Okay, I'm not a fan of Shark Tank for this reason. Uh, these guys were on Shark Tank, I know them personally, and they came on and they're like, oh, you know, we're just a humble little startup that we, uh, I can't say their name because I'm going to get into a world of shit. Okay. But I'll the say story, their names. No, you this, send it to me over text. <laughs> yes, I, I can definitely do that. Uh, so the story they told was complete bullshit. What they actually did was they broke into the student directory for a lot of colleges in the Midwest and they downloaded all of the emails and just spammed the shit out of all of those college students. And that's actually how they grew. And so that's really what the book was about. And that led to the privacy book where I was like, they're not alone. Like everyone is doing this. So like the thing I tell people is that Cambridge Analytica thing is as frightening as it might be, they were not alone. And it was like, that was a common practice between 2014, 2017. Well, it's like everything too. It's just even when you go on Facebook and the thing you checked out on Amazon but didn't buy is now sitting in front of your face and you close <laughs> and you close your drapes and hide under the table. And... <laughs> You know, or when you you say something, you have a conversation about something, you didn't look it up, and then the next time you go on in your newsfeed on your phone is like that issue. Yeah, you know what's scary about that? Is that a real thing? Is that I swear that happened to me after they said it? No, but so (laughs) so the theory is like Facebook can do it. If they publicly say they can't, they can. Um, What's more likely is there's something else on your phone that's collecting that data and selling it to Facebook. Way to go. Uh, that's more likely. I mean, but I can't dispute whether or not Facebook is doing it because they. I know for a fact they technically can do it. Oh, right on. Well, I, not right on. That's probably not I. I looked up nothing about Jennifer Aniston and Justin Theroux's breakup, but I spoke okay. about it, and then it was in my newsfeed, and I was like, yep. "Whoa!" Well, it was was also like big piece of news. That would be like. Um, when when uh, Osama bin Laden was caught, is like you know what I talked about him with somebody the other no. day. Now all of a sudden it's on the headlines. That happened to me too. I was talking about that volcano thing in Hawaii, and there it is on my phone. Yeah, I'm like the they're watching me. <laughs> so 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 Todd doesn't necessarily get the difference between the news and privacy. <laughs> there is no difference. <laughs> there might not be. Uh, I look. Uh, I'm talking about doing like this not serious at all podcast with my friend Jackie, and we're like, okay, we're gonna get high and watch Batman the Animated Series. And so the first episode is going to be uh, with Red Claw. I haven't thought about Red Claw in like 25, 30 years or however old that show is now. Next thing I know, I'm seeing shit for Red Claw. That happens in Facebook. No word of a lie. Just a just a side thing. 
we were talking about um it was a, a band what was the band oh it was uh, in the night sweats something it? yeah it was i can't remember something in What's the his night name sweats. in the night sweats and okay. um and we were just talking about him and then he went home and then i texted him just a screenshot from my phone on colbert that band was playing i was like that's just how our lives work so every time <laughs> we talk about something it appears immediately like we wished for it that's awesome um, uh i hope that helps with book sales i'm gonna <laughs> yeah, yeah you guys for that. real no doubt but i mean it is <laughs> it, it's one of those things and we've done several movies now where they became so much more relevant after they came out like when the movie came out i'm trying to think of specific examples right now but um a great one actually would be canadian bacon was a really good example at yes. the time where you know it see it seemed like such an out there stretched out satire and then as you right. kind of get deeper and deeper you're like oh this is just kind of what it is now isn't it <laughs> like it's is what yep. it feels like and it's been so much more relevant and i feel that way uh when i saw again the release of your books and then what's been going on more recently it's all it's almost it's a little like, weird man a little weird yeah, it's, it's like that stranger than fiction you've been writing it down and then it's been coming to fruition okay well I, I want to ask well, where yes, did where did your uh uh this this wanting to look into the internet and social media like wh where did that uh, start where did you find this information oh. as well like where where do you look so, for this kind of thing uh, back when I was 18, I wanted to be a stand-up comedian. And uh, in New York State, if you're under 21, you're not allowed in a bar. So I was having trouble getting on shows because they're like, you know, we can't have you in the case that we get spot checked or something. So I said, all right, if I rent out your venue, could I do comedy? They're like, yeah, you can do whatever the fuck you want if you, <laughs> you rent out the bar. So I did 55 of those shows up and down the East Coast where I was doing comedy and working with bands. And I had no other money beyond what I was paying to rent out the place. So uh, I was entirely dependent on the internet to promote those shows. So like really early on, 1998, 99, uh, I was using like GeoCities and Friendster and MySpace and Facebook back when it worked and all the different platforms just to see if I can get a little bit of an edge in terms of drawing people out. So uh, that led to like Sprint and Ogilvy and Mather and Sears back when Sears was the thing coming to me for like consulting work to do advertising on the internet. And like I, that's sort of where Sears? all this happened. What was that? Like Sears. Like the Yes, yeah, Sears Sears. Like the bra section that I'm not allowed in anymore. <laughs> That's why they closed the chain down, by the way. Just to let you know. I, they kicked okay. me out of that one, I go next town over. That's that's crazy. So you so you basically you kind of you know, you've now circumvented all of that and like what were your your biggest findings? Like so you you've done all of that and it was like how does that come out in the end? So now you've done your shows and. So the big thing was I found, and I, I found this again throughout. So it's been over a decade now, which is kind of frightening, but I found over and over again, that it was the offline stuff that mattered the most. Okay. And if you did, if you did the offline stuff, right, that would drive the online stuff. Like they would, if you got people excited that they would go online and do the promotion for you instead of like you doing the promotion for your thing. Okay. And so, uh, this is a crazy story, but. I don't know if you guys remember, but there was a race to a million followers on Twitter. Ashton Kutcher, CNN. Oh, uh, I knew that was back in the day. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember that, so, actually. Here's, here's, Didn't Ashton Kutcher blow them out of the water? Uh, no, there, there was a lot of shady shit with that. But here's the thing. Uh, <laughs> it was it was Ashton Kutcher, CNN, Oprah, and then me. Oh. Like, I, I was number four behind <laughs> what? them. And, uh, yeah. So what happened was Twitter rolled out this suggested years of list. So it was like 28 celebrities and then me. Uh, and I used to get really excited because Bill Cosby was on the list. And then there was my face under him. And now I'm not so excited about that connection. <laughs> yeah. 
Nobody uh, wants but, their face under Bill Cosby. <laughs> well, or, yeah, or anywhere near Bill Cosby at this point. Uh, so they had that suggested user list. And what was happening was everyone's auto-following these accounts, including mine. So people weren't really following Ashton Kutcher or CNN. There was just all the news coverage was bringing people in. And they locked it so that you couldn't unfollow Ashton or CNN. So it was a bunch mm-hmm. of shady shit that, that went on with that. But I tell you that because I was like, all right, close to a million followers. I should be able to raise money. I should be able to sell books for things. I sold maybe 28 books using Twitter mm-hmm. where the book went on to sell about 7,000 copies through offline stuff. And so that was the big takeaway was even those years later when I was like, all right, let's see if this stuff works. Uh, it was the offline stuff that married most. Wow. I'll tell you though, you so you're kind of you got to be named up amongst those people, your Oprahs and your Ashton Kutchers, <laughs> and I just literally lost my mind when Kadeem Hardison liked a tweet that I. <laughs> oh yeah, I still have that. I uh, I'm a big fan of women's wrestling, so anytime uh, anytime any of those uh, those women like something that I posted on Twitter, I still get very excited about it. It's who, wait 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 which which female wrestler liked something you did? So Mia Yim uh, and Diamante. Sweet. You know what? Yeah, I was so going to, I was going to, you, you, you brought me there already. Okay. <laughs> so I was going to go here with you because I looked on your website. I was like stalking you online, which is what <laughs> you do when you look at things online. Right. It's called research. Sort yeah. Of. That's what they, well, that's right. I'm sweating and kind of giggling. So I kind of, it's kind of stalking really. <laughs> and so I saw what you said about 205 live and how like okay. you should, you, you think that it would be a good idea for them to put women in there. Okay, first yes. of all, it's not fair for Charlotte Flair to fight any of those dudes because she would mop the floor with them. That's true. But That's very true. I don't think that you give 205 Live enough credit because I okay. personally think that 205 Live is the best show on the WWE Network. Yeah, it needs more promotion, but constant This Is Awesome chants and like A-plus matches. But adding women in would be the great because you just add sexy women to anything, really, and it's going to be better. <laughs> Well, I mean, like when I wrote that, that was, uh, I think, before Enzo was the champ. I think it was when Neville kind of vanished and then they were sort of struggling with what they were going to do. Uh, so the show is much better now, like since but just before WrestleMania, the show has been my favorite personally. Uh, so I agree. I do think it would be good. I, I'm a big proponent of intergender wrestling because I it's it's a show. Like if you if Daenerys Targaryen can light up an entire army with men with her imaginary dragon. Sexy star. Yeah, sexy, well, yeah, sexy exactly, star is exactly. the actual legit champ over in uh, wherever that one Lucha, is. Yeah, Lucha Underground. New Japan, or Lucha, that's right. They have so, intergender matches all the time in the other companies. Right. Yeah. So why, I don't know, it's probably, like you said, it's probably the the, the, the old white dudes in the office are probably going to have a heart attack. Yeah. They're yeah, probably it, still it, not it over there for letting them wrestle. Is she going to take her boobs out? No. Oh, my God. Well, that's, I thought, well, that's used to be what upset Vince McMahon. Yeah. They're not going to take their boobs out. Well, forget it. (laughs) I wash my hands of the whole thing. Um, Okay. So we go off of the books, but I do suggest highly that people go and check these books out. Social media is bullshit. Privacy and how we get it back. Just it's especially now more than ever. Get the get the hell off your Facebook and go check out this book. Yeah, for real. Everybody Uh, should get off Facebook. Wait, this sounds like you're winding down or something. No, I'm not. Doing? No, I'm. 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 Uh, tra- I'm uh, transitioning to the next thing. Okay, wait a second. Wait a second. I'm, I'm not finished yet. Okay, okay Todd's got some. Okay, fun. so wait a second. I looked okay. you up on the interneting when I was <laughs> finished with pornography, which is what, what it was really made for. I know what all yeah, these other things are going it's on. It's true. There. But I saw that you actually fist fought the ambassador to Pakistan in the UN parking lot. <laughs> I wish that was the actual story. Like that would that be so is cool. Pretty badass, dude. 
yeah, no, I had a, uh, I was a substitute teacher in um, a pretty rough, pretty rough city. Um, and so I got along with those kids. I love those kids. But, uh, you know, my tactics was basically to keep them in line through like scare tactics. So uh, what I would do is I took this idea from my dad, who was a teacher in the Bronx for like 40 years. Uh, there is nothing scarier to a kid than having to tell their mom why they're interrupting their mom's work day uh, because of their misbehavior. Yeah. And so there used to be a phone in the front of the classroom. I'd be like, all right, uh, if you act up, I'm going to make you sit in the front of the classroom. If you act up again, you're going to actually dial this phone and call your mom. I'm going to get the number from the office and you're going to have to explain in front of the entire class why you're being a dick. <laughs> and so uh, nine times out of 10, that worked beautifully. That, that kept them under control, but it became that they were afraid of me. And so this one girl named Boutique, uh, she kind of cornered me and she's like, Mr. Mendelssohn, I ain't afraid of you. I'm going to feed you up after school. Ooh. I said, okay, I'll see you in the parking lot. <laughs> and, the kid, and, the, and the kids go, go, oh. <laughs> so that's why I tell people I was challenged to a fight by an eighth grader. Uh, I did debate the ambassador of Pakistan at the United Nations, but he didn't challenge me to a fight, although he probably should have. Uh, <laughs> that that would have been way more entertaining than like the actual debate because he would just talk in circles and you'd be like, make a fucking point. And he would be like, oh, you know, the sun and the moon in ancient Babylon. It's like, holy shit, there's another hour of this. Nothing more frustrating than seeing that, too, because then you could say, I'm not making a point. And you're like, no, you're just not smart enough to get. No, I am. That's the right. problem. Yeah. No, they just yeah. talk around in circles like politicians. That's the... But you were at the UN, though. Yeah. So I was at the UN debating the ambassador to Pakistan. They invite you to that kind of thing. You get like a letter or something, and they say, come to the yeah. UN. And they're really formal about it. Like, I thought I was getting punks. Like, I, I <laughs> thought for sure. The email came in and I was like, fuck you. This is not this. <laughs> this is not the United Nations. I sat on it for like two weeks. And finally, I'm like, I checked. You know, I texted all my friends. It's like, hey, did you send me this thing from the United Nations? Like, no, what what thing? So I, I did text them and it was real. Uh, and then they like had like a whole thing. Uh, there was like a formal letter that came in the mail. And then they went down there and they had like a formal uh, thing to greet everybody at the door. So it was it was kind of overwhelming because uh, that was my first speaking engagement for Social media is bullshit. Wow. So, like, right out of the gate, I was at the United Nations Swinging talking for the fences. Yeah. yeah. That is wonderful. No no disrespect, but I'm coming out with a book called <laughs> The Internet is Hooey. It's 75% cheaper than your book. It's for kids. And so it's, it's, it's like a pop-up. Like it's like a pop-up thing. Yeah. So it's just a little friendly competition, bro. Don't, you know? That's great. <laughs> and I will, I'll come to someone's house and tell them the internet sucks for pretty much a free lunch. <laughs> I did, you know, I did that for years. So to me, it's like, <laughs> all right. I was like, all right, I, I'm past the stage. I had a heart surgery. I almost died from a heart attack in Wales. Oh I was God. like, all right, I can only do like 12 of these a year. Yeah. So the, the only way to do it is, is the charge. And so that's the only reason why I do it. But for what? years, I Dude, was like, I'm totally just being a dick. That's my job. <laughs> but by way of comparison, like those guys in that space usually make like $200,000 per presentation. Oh, yeah. Which is insane to me. Like, I can't imagine oh. paying anyone that kind of money for one presentation. Yeah. Well, I I always saw that. I remember the big stories. I think it was after Clinton was done where they were saying, oh, he's making like, you know, $5 million for yeah. engagement. And I'm like, oh, so I just need to become the president of the United States. I got a few hurdles <laughs> to get over being Canadian. But other than that. <laughs> oh, there's, you can get in there. They'll figure Although, it out. Although, Martin Van Buren was apparently Canadian. Who was this? Martin Van Buren was allegedly not an American citizen. Oh, and, my God. Uh, He's he was just, said to be Canadian, so it's very possible that hurdle wasn't there. I've always told people Martin Van Buren was going to be my in. I just didn't know how. <laughs> no, 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 no. You can be from somewhere else and still be the first lady. Look at Melania. 
You could Melania. be the first man. You'll be the first gay Todd, lady man. Todd purposefully mispronounces names just to make me upset. I just okay. want to put to you. Okay. That to okay. If Donald Trump can't spell his own wife's name correctly, why do I have to pronounce it correctly? <laughs> That's true. That is completely Fair enough. true. Okay. But yeah, so we'll, we uh, jump off the books now and I want to talk to you about Vengeance Nevada. Uh, I, oh. I uh, read the first issue today. Okay. And it was fantastic. I liked and it too. Okay. To not spoil anything, because I do want, I do think people should go out and check this thing out. But I, it, I'm hooked right away when I get a Star Wars reference and something that's not <laughs> Star Wars. So, so there's I, one in each issue. Yeah. Oh, perfect. So you, so you, it's almost like you knew I was your audience again. Probably the social media. I was well, I, I, oh yeah. When I was farting around on your website, I knew when I saw Rockbiter from the Neverending Story and yes. I saw the wrestling. I was like, this guy's right at my alley. He, he, you know, he hates social media. I'm like, this guy is probably my illegitimate brother or something. I very well could be. I was Santa Claus, so it's possible. I'm oh, that's your right. It says there to you, right? <laughs> you were, and Todd was a Santa Claus when we worked together at a restaurant. Yeah, that's oh, uh, really? pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Let me tell you. Yeah. Not the, allowed at the mall anymore. The wrong people. <laughs> The wrong people were sitting on his lap and he wasn't happy with it. Oh, yes. Can, can I tell you about the best part about being the mall Santa is I didn't even know they were hiring. I just sort of walked into the mall one day. As and they had Santa. A <laughs> no, I, well, I should have. I should, you dressed for the job, job you want. Want. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, So they just had this little booth I walked up to and I was like, hey, uh, I'm looking for a job. What are you hiring for? She goes, Santa Claus. I said, I could be Santa Claus. And she goes, you're hired. Nice. Wow. That's <laughs> so all the qualifications job. you need. That's like the old old movies that take place in the 50s when you wanted a job and you'd go in and you'd just take the help right. wanted side <laughs> off the window. Um, that's awesome. But yeah, so anyways, I'm, I'm reading the book and it's got a lot of things. The first issue definitely always, as in the case with any comic or anything, uh, leaves a lot of questions yes, going because right. you see you're meeting these new characters. You're like, oh, what are they all about? And obviously you're you're learning a lot about these things and you're going to learn more in the future. But what um, inspired you to line this kind of story up? <laughs> so there's a couple of things. Like I started reading comics in the early 90s. Mm -hmm. And so for people that remember comics in the early 90s, it was all like anti-heroes. Right? It was like the Punisher and Venom has his own series and Ghost Rider. And I always love Ghost Rider. You know, he's my Twitter cover photo, but Ghost Rider is really fucking boring. <laughs> yeah. So much so that, like, at the height of his popularity, they had the Infinity Gauntlet crossover, and Ghost Rider is nowhere to be found because the writers didn't know what to do with him. Like, he was just too powerful. So, like, ah, oh, we're going to pretend he doesn't exist. So it started with a challenge. It was like, okay, can I make Ghost Rider interesting? So that was the first thing. The second thing, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the Venture Brothers. Oh, my God, me too. It, and I hate how long it takes between seasons. And so I, I almost died between seasons. And I was in the hospital. I was texting my friend Jackie. I was like, look, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I'm going to be alive by the time season six comes out. So I'm going to do a comic book that's got the same tone and the same sort of humor and depth as Adventure Brothers. But we're going to do it with an all-female cast. Because we, the thing that I, Jackie and I always talk about is that uh, the female characters in Adventure Brothers, aside from Dr. Mr. Monarch, really don't have a depth to them. Like Triana Orpheus is a sex object. Molotov Cocktail is a sex object. Uh, I, there's like, I'm, I'm forgetting a couple of them, but you get the idea. Like yeah, really no, don't you're, serve you're much spot on, purpose. spot on. So uh, with everything that's going on now and all of these uh, female superheroes and whatnot in Avengers and your Wonder Woman, mm. and that becoming more prevalent, has that kind of validated you a little bit in creating? No. It? No? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> uh, the only reason why we went 
So I, I said, so I've gotten this question a lot because people are like, oh, you're riding the social justice wave. I'm like, well, I don't mind it, but it's not, that's not why I did it. You know, I oh. did it because I'm better at writing women than I am men uh, because all the women I write are people that are based on people I know. Yeah. And I've just been one of those people that throughout life, like 99.9% of my friends uh, are all women. Mm-hmm. And so it was just easier for me to be like, oh, Kristen. Kristen's actually based off of someone I know okay. uh, who's Mohawk. Uh, and so some of her stories and experience really informs what Kristen's story is because Kristen is native as well uh, in, in the comic. And so that's really why it went with an all-female cast because I was like, okay, I, I can write this better. Nice. Whereas if I'm writing dudes, I, I'm going to really struggle and it's going to be – it's going to turn to what, what, what you see in the movie – where every scene they're high fiving each other and making a joke. <laughs> well, it's because <laughs> like, Scott Wolf doesn't know karate. <laughs> Clearly, <laughs> but uh, no. But what I was suggesting wasn't that you were inspired by that. It was that this kind of happened because I mean, you had this obviously underway a long time before anybody yeah. ever saw Avengers, and then you get to see all these strong women all at once, and you're like, I have this woman thing, and now you people are getting to see that and loving it. Yeah, and that's yeah. that kind of like, a, oh, isn't this? Like this it is amazing. It's like I, you know, I I'm doing this almost before it was cool. <laughs> uh, we see, you notice the trends with uh with my books. Yeah. <laughs> I tend to, I tend to always be like a few yeah, years right? ahead. Uh, that started in 2015. Yeah. So like it's been in the works for that long. So I mean that's that's when that conversation started for that book. Yeah, that's ahead of the curve, bro. Ahead of the curve. Yeah, you're definitely a soothsayer, and I'm not gonna ask when I die because I'm afraid it's way too oh, soon. Oh lord. Oh shit! Three, three months from now. <laughs> yeah. That's actually you can't way... wait that long. You I, can't. No. I, I assumed I turned my air conditioner off, so I assumed it was going to be by the end of the evening. It, it might be. <laughs> um, that's amazing, though. But I really liked um, the art in this thing. I dug yeah, that it was black and white too. I really liked it. But the highlights of color, yeah. and stuff. It's it draws your attention to that one thing as you're reading through, and you just get this one little bit, and it's just like, oh, I bring my eye over here. I really, yep. really enjoyed the uh i really really enjoyed it i'll be honest i don't read a lot of comics i the first comic i read in ages was a compendium of star wars empire oh, comics. Cool. what a surprise <laughs> i know that's all me and Very again cool. and uh and i was like so but in prep in preparation for uh the interview i was like i gotta check this thing out and i was and i was going through it and i i probably re- i've read it two and a half times since i got it this afternoon that's perfect and it's been really it was really really cool and i'm looking forward to seeing what happens with the rest of it. Well, think, yeah, that's how it's designed too. I like that you said that. Cause I, my problem with comics today is that they explain everything to you. There's a lot of handholding and uh, you, there's no depth to it. You spend $5 for a comic and you're done in like 10 minutes and then you just move on to the next thing. Uh, this there's, you, you can read it at least three different times uh, and still catch things. Like the ending to the series is actually in the first issue. Yeah. Hidden away in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, I, so I, I, I did stuff like that. that. But I didn't want to say anything. Oh, you did not. Whatever. <laughs> no, eh? no, I kind no. It was it was just kind of like I was. I got to a point and I was like, who who is this person talking to? Again, I don't want to spoil anything, obviously. Right. But it's kind of like, what's happening here? And I'm like, oh, this must be a like a big flash forward. <laughs> so I was just kind of like, yeah, it was it was really cool, and it it was it made me feel. It, it was definitely really smartly written because it made me feel Thank like, you. am I missing something? But indeed, it was just because I, it's because it was leaving those questions. And then I, that's what I realized. It's like, oh, it's like the beginning of a TV show or anything. You don't that's, you're not supposed to have right. the answer. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like when you watch Westworld or one of these shows and you're like, man, like, and, you know, but then as the episodes go on, yeah. they explain themselves like what Lost was supposed to be. Yeah. But turned out to be <laughs> right. absolutely nothing. 
Wait, yeah, I turned that... out to be something different, uh, which actually happens in this movie too, right? Like you're watching uh, very clearly they 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 had like this vision, right? Of of and they didn't explain anything to you other than oh the big quake and yeah. here's this strange city and then they just sort of drop you into it. But uh, what I would like to think <laughs> is that I have a plan as opposed to this movie that we're going to talk about. Yeah. So. <laughs> well. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, well, we might as well just get into that because you do owe us an explanation. Uh, Just give a little (laughs) bit of backstory. Uh, A long time ago, we put out to anybody that we would do requests. Like we're not as as much as we like to do the movies we want to do. We would do we would entertain any requests. And then we get a tweet from Mr. B.J. Mendelson who says, you need to see this movie. And then or we need to do this movie. And this movie is Double Dragon. <laughs> so explain <laughs> yourself, sir. All right. So there's really two. I mean, there's really two things going on. The first is that I'm a bit of a practical joker. Uh, so there was a little bit of trolling involved. I do that. with. I've done that with every single movie <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Uh, OK, so I have this list. And I talked about this on other interviews, but I've got this list of about 10,000 active podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, about 2000 or so of them are movie podcasts. So as I, I, you know, when you go through any big research project, you have to amuse yourself. Yeah. So as I was going through the list, I'm like, I'm going to message all of them and tell them to watch Double Dragon (laughs) and see how many of them I could could get to actually do it. Um, Only one of them had already done it. FilmSack had already done an episode on Double Dragon. Everyone else was like, I've never seen this movie before. Uh, Tell me more, stranger. (laughs) So I was kind of pleased. Uh, The second thing was I was I was curious because. Uh, you know, I've spent a lot of time as a journalist um, working for different media outlets. And I was always curious about, can you make something a thing? Like, can I make Double Dragon? Can I make Fetch happen? Can I make Double Dragon <laughs> a thing? And so I was curious to see what would happen if I got as many of the movie podcasts as I could to talk about Double Dragon. Because it's, a, it's perfect for the 90s nostalgia wave that's happening right now. Yeah. So I was like, all right, if I can get all of them to talk about, will this become a thing? Or are we going to talk about? Will we see articles about it? Uh, like Face Face Off last year had its 20th anniversary, mm-hmm. and so there was like this wave of nostalgia for Face Off. I'm like, what if we could do that for Double Dragon? <laughs> and so that's that's sort of why. I, I, plus, also I enjoyed the show, um, which goes without I think goes without saying. Like I didn't contact people where I thought the show sucked because I just didn't care. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I just didn't want to hear what they had to say. So <laughs> I, was I also enjoyed the show. So it's like, all right. I was literally just going to say how unimpressed i suddenly was when you said you just spam mailed every single podcast <laughs> to see and we're like that one girl at the bar after you went to every girl and got a slap and we're that sad bitch at the end of the bar <laughs> crying and you walk over like hey there yeah i'll come home with you you know that being well, said we yeah. are that sad bitch so i don't really know what... <laughs> that was I, I pre- i'm pretty sure that's what i wrote in our mission statement yeah like, yes yeah. No, to me, to me, it was important like that the, that the shows are something I actually listen to. So I did actually listen to all the, the shows that I was like, I will pitch them. Nice. Like it's worth it's worth actually going on and spending an hour or two to, to talk about it as opposed to um, suffering through it. Because there's been like some really bad podcast interviews that I've done. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so I thought it was important to actually like the material and content. Well, we appreciate that. And we were... Uh, we were blown away because we have put things out to people before, and it's kind of like you said, you can put it out to so many people and and, and get virtually nothing right. back, and that's happened. We actually had one contest where we were just giving away ketchup chips because we're Canadian, and we're like, we'll mail ketchup chips to anybody who doesn't live in our country. 
They so, think that they're disgusting and want I, nothing to do with it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Wait, so let me ask, where in Canada are you guys? Uh, we live in St. Catharines, which is okay. virtually right on the border with Niagara Falls and Buffalo and all of that. So I know it well. Yeah. Where, where are you? Yeah. New York? Uh, so right now I'm just out in New York City, but I wrote the privacy book on a campus of the University of Buffalo. Oh, right on. Uh, yeah, so I was right right over there. Then I did my undergrad at SUNY Potsdam, which is about a half hour from uh, Kingston, Ontario. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I, I know I know Ontario at least pretty well. So I'm always excited when I hear people are from Canada because I'm like, please let me into your wonderful country. <laughs> no. <laughs> what? No. No. No, he's welcome anytime. Okay, fine. <laughs> You're lucky I don't work at the border, bro, man. I'd send your ass packing. <laughs> you know what's great, though? Like I, I don't know if you guys have had this experience crossing the border, but I found that uh, okay, so I had the thing with the CBC, and I was late. Like, I was way late, and I had to make it to the studio in Ottawa from Potsdam. So I was speeding, and I got to the U.S. border part, and they had, like, no sense of humor. And they're like, oh, what's the big hurry? And I was like, oh, I got to do this interview on the CBC. He's like, well, fuck you. I'm going to go through all the paces and make you, you know, check all the boxes and do all the immigration stuff. So I get to the other side of the bridge. And there's, you know, the Canadian Royal Mounties. Yeah. Well, we, right? have, yeah, we have them. Yes. But it's uh, the ones that were just working at the border. Yes. They're just Border Patrol. Uh, so the Border Patrol guy, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I, I got to I got to go up to Ottawa. Um, and he's like, oh, where are you going? Eh? And I said, uh, I'm going to be on the CBC. I'm going to do the spark with uh, with Nora, whatever her name is. Yeah, he's like, oh, I was listening to that show. Have a great day. And he just let me go. Nice. <laughs> And I found every single time I've crossed the border that that's been like a similar experience where the American guards like are too serious and the Canadian guards are are generally very friendly. I I cross over fairly often and it's always hit and miss with me. I go over sometimes and it's like, oh, we're going to the football game. And everyone's like, oh, have fun. Don't get too drunk, blah, blah, blah. But then you come back and like I have been I have my Nexus card for the, you know, the quick passing and stuff. And there's a Nexus bridge that gets me over to Niagara Mm -hmm. Falls, New York. And that's supposed to get me through and i got searched because i had my daughter with me and i really just assume that you're going to kidnap you that because i'm a guy i'm going to kidnap this little girl so that that (laughs) that you already have and are now escaping well i was also (laughs) over the border for a short period of time so they may have thought that i was like bringing drugs over in my doll (laughs) doll that's shaped like a daughter but um, (laughs) but she didn't get searched it was fun that See that that's amazing because that I've gone over that bridge numerous times. It's always like in the like the worst possible area too. Like you you don't know where that bridge is unless you like go out of your way to find it. Uh, that's crazy to me because I've never been stopped on that one. I I had never been stopped before, and usually they don't even take my card from me. There's that's one. the best right. one. It yeah. used to be the best one, but now it's just for like rich people with like a special pass. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't even think it's rich. I don't remember how much it cost, but it wasn't much. I'm not a. It's, got, not, it's not much. Yeah, if I, I have, got one I have for one, my baby, I'm going to get five. That I, it wasn't been that expensive. I should look into that, actually. Yeah. Get a car first. Yo, presto. But, uh, Yo, presto change you. <laughs> but, um, so, so yeah, anyone so, traveling to Canada, get your Nexus card. Yeah, exactly. That was the hardest part, actually. I had to go over, I had to go over to New York to get my card, oh, really? which I have to circumvent that entire, I've said circumvent twice in this interview. Beautiful. I feel like a goddamn genius. beautiful. Um, I had to go around that entire bridge and come back and be back at that bridge to go and do the interview on the New York uh, side. It's a test. It's a test. Yeah. See if you have the patience. And if you live, if you survive that route through the Americas yeah. and you make it, you're like, you, yeah. you made it, man. You're in. It's the dirty part of Canada. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, okay. But, but I digress. Um, <laughs> 
so yeah so double dragon we took it more as a challenge than anything else and Great. We, and we can announce it here we decided to make it a month of bad video game movies so we're oh, like nice. okay well if we're gonna do double dragon we're gonna double down and we ended up making our ne- our episode that's gonna follow double dragon is going to be super mario brothers and yes. we lost yes. the will to live in that one i've oh, never god we do our episodes fairly late <laughs> So, I mean, we usually don't even, so again, we're recording this, it's evening. Usually we do a mini episode, we do a couple other things, we might do a YouTube thing, and then we'll do a movie. We'll right. be finished at one o'clock in the morning, so we're tired. <laughs> but this one was a whole new level. It's like we did 12 pounds of heroin in the afternoon <laughs> and then started a podcast. There's like 12 minute gaps of just silence, yeah. crying, <laughs> sighs. <laughs> You're like, I didn't think a sigh could go on for six straight minutes, but it is. And that was when I asked the question, because we did that movie. We haven't recorded Double Dragon yet because we wanted to do that in conference with this. But we uh, and we uh, right then I was like, what did we get ourselves into? (laughs) So uh, when we were talking, you said you had to rewatch it. So upon your rewatch, what what did you think? It's not as bad as I remember it. Uh, I found it's 10 years too late to be a bad 80s movie. And it's about 15 years too soon to be a perfect superhero movie for for this day and age for kids. Uh, It it just came out at a really shitty time. And you know what's crazy is that Paul Dini wrote this. Yeah, I was going to mention that because you were talking about doing all the Batman the Animated Series. This guy literally wrote everything that was Batman animated, created Harley Quinn. He did? Yeah. Yeah. No shit. Yeah, and he wrote this movie. And uh, the guy from the co-creator for Breaking Bad, I think it's Peter Gould, I think his name is. Uh, also has a story credit for he Double has, Dragon. He has nothing to his name except Double Dragon and a giant stretch. And then he wrote 11 episodes of Breaking Bad and is the co-creator <laughs> of, of Better Call Saul. And yeah. I'm just like, you got to be kidding me. And I went through all those. And then there's two other writers involved. One more story by and one more screenplay credit. I've got them written down somewhere. And, it was, and they were virtually nothing. It was a big gap of nothing. <laughs> And but it was oh, like, it's sort of like you'll never work in this town again. You know, yeah. like after people saw this. Yeah, it blew my mind. That lights a fire under you, man. When you had anything to do with Double Dragon, that lights a fire under you. Yeah, no doubt. You know, come on. It's like getting knocked down into the <laughs> dirt and somebody rubbing your face and dog yeah. shit. But I don't remember. Like I didn't remember a lot of details. I remembered a right. lot of the look of the movie. Yeah, no, it's so my theory is that there's a better movie underneath all of this. I agree. Like, I, Sorry, go ahead. So, so to me, it really felt like, so, it, okay, this is what how I imagined the pitch meeting went. Someone came in and said, I'd like to do a movie on Double Dragon. We, got, we own the rights to it. And they went, okay, yeah, sure. What's it about? And that person went, fuck if I know. <laughs> so they took, they took that as a challenge and they're like, all right, I got a, I got a complete blank slate. So I'm going to take stuff from RoboCop that I really like and stuff from like Mad Max that I really like. It's going to have like this gritty, crazy future setting, but it's also going to have like that, that cynical wink and smile. Like there's a couple of things in there that are very clearly like they're, they know that they're fucking with you. Like, the, you know, it's in the movie, like that giant crank at the beginning of the movie uh, is clearly them just having fun. And then for whatever reason, somewhere, you know, someone got involved and was like, wait, this is a video game movie? Fuck. Uh, <laughs> we need, This needs to appeal to like every two-year-old on the planet. Uh, undo, undo, undo. And then that's sort of what led to the movie that we have. Don't forget uh, that uh, Roxette plays the main villain. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Also, uh, oh, yeah. I know what you're talking about now. Sorry. Uh, you know Roxette? You get that one? Yeah. No, I so... 
I have things with uh okay, I can't make fun of Robert Patrick too much because in the nineties I had that same hairstyle. I I have it right now. <laughs> yeah, he's he, he well it's it's natural though, it's not frosted. Okay. All right. No, I went I went like the full frosted luck, so I'm kinda like, all right, but no, yeah, he it's funny because he's done interviews about that movie. Like I tried to get when I before I started this, I contacted Paul Dini, I contacted Alyssa Milano, like I was in touch with uh, a couple of people on the on the crew because I was like, I want to do this as a book. Mm-hmm. Like I want to do like an oral history of the worst video game movie ever made. And I couldn't I they I could not get them to bite. But Robert Patrick has since done interviews where he's been like, Yeah, I know the movie sucks, but I really enjoyed that role. And he talks about how like he, he got to be goofy and have fun, which is something that he really doesn't do often. That's awesome. Yeah, especially with goofy and fun and working with James Cameron. That does not uh you know, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. He's a monster. Uh, he's, he's a serious he's a something or other. But the uh, yeah, that's it, it's crazy to me. And to see kind of all these people and a lot of them kind of at their hottest, like Alyssa Milano was yeah. like that was just at the end of she was hot. Who's the boss at the time? Like who's the boss had just ended not too long ago. Well, there's there's that line. They, they I guess the story is they went back and added the line of Lash saying to her. Uh, now I know who the boss is. I guess like it's like she says this name of the show, and I'm just saying like, oh god, that is so fucking cheesy. Well, and did you see the comeback but, from that? Because uh, no, well, she gets the girl and she ties her up, and I guess we'll talk about this in the scene as well. But she ties her up and then says, "Generally, I put people in the hospital," and that's that girl was from General Hospital. Got oh it. my god! Uh, yeah, like it's that movie. If this is if this movie came out today, it would be not as funny as Deadpool, but I'm convinced it would. Fun- it would find an audience. Like I'm convinced that people would go and be like, this movie is so bad. I really enjoy it. That's amazing. Yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun to watch. It was not a movie that I was proud of. I hated it. But it was, um, yeah, it was definitely something. And I'm very happy that you brought this to us. And I think it's going to be a very fun one. Um, I think from here, we might as well just talk about the scenes. Okay. That you wanted to bring up. Uh, so I got, I have like four pages worth of, I know you, know. you were saying so. Um, wait, 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 wait. Can, can you see us on your thing? Yeah. Yeah. You're Are f- we moving? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. You're, you're frozen on ours, but it's not a oh. big deal. We can still hear you. Okay. So. Uh, yeah, no, you guys are still moving. So, okay. That's cool. Uh, <laughs> that's good so to know. I, I, I didn't think I was moving that much anyways, so I wasn't that bothered. Um, Wait, oh, one, one scene that I don't know if I... Okay, so I know I sent you a couple scenes. I don't know if I mentioned this one, but I wanted to talk about it. Uh, so they have their mentor character who is completely poorly written and is just there to dump exposition. She dies, right? So she dies, and you get one scene in the whole film where they have to act like serious for maybe 30 seconds. Oh, this scene blew me away. <laughs> yeah. And then that scene ends with them high-fiving it and palling around and be like, yeah, let's go kick some ass. I'm like, your like mom yeah. was just murdered in a fire. Well, but you also get <laughs> so, the get over it. Like that was basically like, it literally right. just happened. And you're like, Oh, come on, get over it. Like grow up. And I'm like, what? Isn't that how <laughs> like, grieving works guys? Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. I couldn't, 
I could not believe, like, I understand that they were really, you know, because kids were watching it very clearly, you know, because you have a Bobo farting leader in a film. Yes. Uh, he's getting fed, force-fed spinach, which to me is something that we totally should do in Guantanamo Bay. Yes. Uh, if we don't do it already, it's force-feeding people spinach. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, I, I know that they had to move faster because it was someone dying, but still, like, the movie doesn't stop at any point and take itself seriously, which which sounds kind of ridiculous, but it's not a comedy. Like it's not billed as a comedy. So you kind of have to have these stakes and there's no point where Billy and Jimmy aren't high-fiving and cracking some really bad joke. Like even that scene lasts all of 30 seconds before they're right back to it. Absolutely. And actually, and to the point of that too, it's, they're so afraid of it that you can see them dive away from it. It's, it's getting serious. It's right. getting serious. And it's, it's like when you have like two guys having like a real, moment together and it's like oh i'm not gay or anything it's like well no right. nobody was saying you were like just have a moment be a human being for no me. yeah no okay listen uh, okay uh, sometimes a funeral is pulled off so flawlessly <laughs> yeah. that the, you there is joy and there are high fives yeah true yeah this is true when the pyro goes <laughs> off exactly when you want exactly to I there was a couple of things in this film though like did you catch the line where he says uh oh run you little tontos yeah yeah, like that seemed weirdly offensive to me. <laughs> I know <laughs> it, just, it does actually sound really offensive. It was like the and I don't. Okay. Well, I was going to say, well, you know, it was the '80s, but it wasn't the '80s. It was the no, '90s. It like it was just. It's one of those things because we have uh, on the show almost all of the movies we've done have been from the mid '80s, and all of them are the most like movies that we hold in the highest esteem in our hearts. Of like, you know, we did like Revenge of the Nerds, and we're like, we love that movie, and you're like, okay, it's a homophobic racist movie that features a rape. <laughs> Like it's, <laughs> it, it's, 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 I've never heard it put that way, but that's brilliant. Yeah. I was, <laughs> the episode title was if Bill Cosby was a college, like it's, <laughs> it was like literally was a college. Yeah. It yeah. was, it was horrifying. Like you, you break it down, you break it down into three things. You break it down to the only reason that Lamar is considered a nerd is either because he's the only black person in the movie or, he's gay. or because he's gay. And then I've right. uh, and then you have like other uh, like comments about it, like the javelin for his limp wristed throwing style is what they precisely what they say. <laughs> and then um, Robert Carradine has sex with the girl with his uh, fake Darth Vader mask. So they didn't get sued by Lucasfilm. And <laughs> then it was totally forgiven by the girl who did not want him. Because, because he was so he was good, good at eating at pussy that she forgot all about the rape part of it. Yeah. I need to go back and watch this now. Like this, uh, <laughs> I just I just changed your book, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. No, you just blew my mind. You just I, changed I his life. Years. I'm like, it's really e all... email me when you've watched it because it's okay. it's something. <laughs> Although I ruin things for people like that because I also pointed out that the uh, Christmas song Baby It's Cold Outside is about a date rape. Yeah. Okay. So I have, I've seen this, I've, I've seen this discussion on the web. So here's the, yes, the, the counter argument that I've seen, and I'm not saying I agree, I agree with it, is that back then it was, it was un, unladylike to go home and ungentlemanlike to like send them on their way. So I don't know if I totally buy that, but I've seen that argument where some people will say that it's very date rapey. And then there's the other where, you know, it was the forties people forget that you used to be boarding houses for women uh, and they weren't allowed to come in after a certain hour. Like you had curfew, like you watch agent Carter uh, at one point in the show, I think during the second season, she's living in one of those homes. I actually do recall this. Yeah. Yes. 
So I, I don't, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, like, there's a bunch of stuff in this film where, like, very clearly Alyssa Milano is there to be a sex object. Yeah. Uh, it's it's progressive in the sense that she's she's not a damsel in distress, which I which I do like. Yes. Uh, but you know there are scenes where they just stop, they just stop the entire movie just to stare at her ass. Uh huh. It's like, all right, guys, look, I get it, she is beautiful, but again, it's all because Scott Wolf can't do karate. It was every, everything. My answer to literally everything is like, why are they doing that? Oh, it's because if not, the Scott Wolf would have to kick above his knee, and that's not going to occur. Um, don't don't you think that Alyssa Milano in this movie looks like the guy from Hackers? I've never thought about that. Well, neither um, had I till he said it, and he's ruined my and he's ruined Alyssa Milano for me. Well, no, I would totally sleep with both. So I'm okay <laughs> yes. with that. I like that. That's great. Yeah, it's yeah. Well, and the, he he even then mentioned Angelina Jolie, and I'm like, I think her and the guy from Hackers are pretty interchangeable because yeah. they're both they're both the stars of Hackers. Yeah. Um, you ever seen pictures of Angelina Jolie making out with her brother? It's like you don't know which one's which. You're like, what am I looking at here? This is true. This is very true. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So let's just dive now back into the beginning of this movie. Okay. So they do their their prologue that has nothing to do with the video game, but gives you at least an idea of what is going to occur. And super Mario brothers had a very similar one where they were like, once upon a time, there were the dinosaurs. And like, it's just all these different things that I'm like, but you could explain the video game essentially go, this is kind of what world we're in, but this is what we're on a different adventure. And then you can basically forgive everything from there. But instead they just tell a story that almost has nothing to do with the movie. (laughs) Except the medallion. You know what was my favorite part of that? I don't know if anyone remember. I don't know if you guys remember this. Um, there was a show. There was a syndicated Mortal Kombat TV show. Yes. Yeah, Mortal Kombat Conquest. That featured Mark DeCascos as yeah. Kung Lao. Well, tell me that the opening scene, the Double Dragon, looks like that they shot on that set with the same actors on the same budget. Like it looks like they just took footage from Mortal Kombat Conquest and then just wedged it into the start of the film. Because they they knew that it was running a little short. Well, that Al Long was probably in it still. He's in every movie, so he was in Big Trouble in Little China. He was in everything. Oh my god! So he was probably is... there. But um, <laughs> but yeah. So now we get the idea that okay, these uh, this movie is all about the medallions, and then we call some right. kind of. I also assumed that all of that stuff was flashback when they were, you know, the ninjas were fighting the you know, the townspeople and whatever. I'm like, oh, yeah. this is all part of the big flashback and you're going to find out that these people are going to be descendants because I just didn't remember. And then you all of a sudden, she whips out a computer. <laughs> what we loosely will call a computer. Yeah. <laughs> I think that might be like very polite to call it a computer. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a brother electric typewriter <laughs> with, with a fake satellite glued to the top of it. I, but Did you did you catch your typing? Did you like, I just... The best? random not it's what you usually like what a secretary in a movie types when you can't see what she's yeah. typing yeah or when you're hacking like, the computer yes. and then the camera's not you know it's like behind you can't really see your hands you're clicking clicking away you know yeah todd's convinced this movie was hackers <laughs> it's, not it could, it's hackers with karate oh so that's what hackers was missing was the karate was a i lot would of watch karate. that yeah well, no when when they are hacking if you zoomed into the wires oh. it's like a kung fu digital fight happening oh. in there i i see exactly actually yeah. you know i what see mean? what you're saying and i agree which yeah. is horrifying <laughs> uh. <laughs> my favorite thing though like so it's literally i think a scene or two later where they tell you twice after that whole introduction exactly what the plot of the movie is yes so 
that scene in the beginning has not it just it's like at the end I, I know i'm skipping ahead a little bit where uh robert patrick turns into like two shadow demon ninja warriors yes. and i i literally wrote in my notes lol what because that was my reaction was i just laughed out loud i was like this makes no fucking sense it hasn't been set up at all it's sort of like the beginning of the film where this scene exists for really no reason other than we probably had a better film and then someone panicked and went back and was like, oh, you know, it needs to look more like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3. Yeah, it really, well, it had a lot of Ninja Turtles stuff. And again, one of the, yeah. Um, yeah, well, actually, like... one of the writers was on the art department of Ninja Turtles 2. Not to ah, mention their, their okay. bad guy so little that... clubhouse looked like, you know, right where the foot soldiers would play, you know. The, well, they were, the power core to me was the good guy version of the foot soldiers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the power core, which never really gets explained, they're just there as like a good gang. And then there's like a terrorist attack that they get blamed for later in the movie. And then you're kind of like, wait, what? Yeah. And then that never gets that never gets resolved. They never talk about it again. Like all those people die. And Alyssa Milano is at fault, apparently. And they just sort of skip. Oops. Yeah. Well, I thought, yeah, I thought for sure you were going to get that moment when her uh, dad, the co- like the chief of police or whatever he yeah. is, uh, comes in and then realizes, oh, you're the head of the power core and this is what you've been doing. I'm so proud of you. But nope, just gives her a hug and he's like, all right, let's yeah. go home. <laughs> like, yeah. we'll so, clean up like, these video games later. That was the thing that sort of bothered me about her character because, like, she's not the damsel in distress, but she's completely, like, underwritten in the light of everything else. She really has no story arc. She's just there to sort of, like, further the plot and be the sex object. And yeah, that bug, that really bugged me because you get to the end of the film and it looks like, tell me, okay, I know this is gross, but tell me at the conclusion of this film, if you did not think it was going to end with the brothers tag teaming Alyssa Milano. I know. <laughs> well, actually, yeah, that's, what's, that's how it felt. what's very funny to me too, because I, I wanted to, I was researching the video game to try and find like what they kept similar to the video game and what they like purposefully yeah. went different on and things like that. And they, uh, like the girl, uh, Alyssa Milano's name, Marion is the name of the damsel in distress in right. thing. And, but at the end of the video game, if you're playing in the arcade game and player one and player two are still in the game, you have to fight each other for her. Is that oh, really? what actually happens at that's, the end of the game? Yeah, I don't know. I've never beaten an arcade game in my life, but yeah, that, apparently that's what happens. And and if you tie, you double team her. Probably. <laughs> yeah, you do like a weird double dragon <laughs> high five, which is really oh, just the yeah. Eiffel Tower. Right. But um, it's it was such a, it's such a horrifying thing to me, and I honestly thought that was going to happen. And then yeah. they have that moment when uh, he gets. You mean with a bobo in the front seat? Oh no 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 no! Uh, when. Oh. Uh, although that too, but no, when uh, Mark DeCascos, so Jimmy gets taken over by Robert Patrick's character and then right. they have to fight each other. And I'm like, oh, they're, they're like fighting. For, this is their version of them fighting for the girl. It's, you know what's strange is there's not, after this movie came out, there was a cartoon series. Mm-hmm. There were, you know, like Double Dragon really exploded in popularity after the movie. Yeah. Like the movie sort of just exists as this weird thing. Uh, and the cartoon has a lot of like mythology about the dragons and all that. So to me, it's sort of like, I wonder if they saw the movie and they were like, fuck you, we could do it better. <laughs> and then went on and did the cartoon and that's why it exists in the first place. But uh, yeah, no, it's just, just there's, there's a lot of weird stuff in the film that's like that, where 
I, you know, I'm convinced maybe that was the intended ending. Maybe that was exactly what was going to happen to Alyssa Milano. Of course it was. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Come on. It's definitely what happened whenever a Bobo crashes the car and then they all like escape right. with their lives. Can I? Okay. So let me ask you about that. So there's this, <laughs> a Bobo actually has more of a character arc than Alyssa Milano does. I don't Is disagree. he the big jacked guy? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, which is hilarious because he can barely move. Like, if you just watch him in the film, the poor guy could not move. I said that to Todd. I was like, we're looking at a guy who they designed him in such a way that he's a much less... Like, he even talks about being a big guy and having the strength of 10 men without being enhanced and all that. And then they make him so not an effective human being. Like, he can barely walk. He can. He has body dysmorphia like Stallone did in <laughs> Stallone 5. Uh, I wrote I wrote in my notes that I just started calling him penis head. Yeah, because that's what he looks like. It was. And that that's was, not very nice. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's OK. It's not what the guy really looked like. But it kind of it blew me away because you see what they look like again in the video game. You've got something to right. model it after. And I know art directors and all these things, they want to go their own way. They don't if they follow source material to the letter then they didn't really do much of a job and i kind of understand everybody wants to be creative great but what like they gave him trap muscles that were like higher than his head almost like his head was framed in extra muscles it was like psycho sid's trap muscles back in the day (laughs) did you think did you guys think that i spoke with joe about this that that big jacked up dude looks like the crazy jacked up dude where Ben Savage goes under his bed. Fred Savage. And Fred Savage. You ever see the movie Little Monsters? Yes. Yeah, he's the main bad yeah. guy. It's like you change his yeah. color. What's his name? What's his name? The bad guy? I, I don't know. I really don't remember. It's been probably lo- even longer since I've seen that from when I saw this. And you, <laughs> That's going to drive me nuts now. And <laughs> when, uh, when Robert Patrick... God love him. Best movie ever, Terminator 2. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> so when he splits into those two, like, phantom dudes, yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen, I love those old haunted shows that used to come on, like a haunting, and it's like these people telling their stories. Every time they show the phantom coming out of the closet or in the bedroom on the ceiling, it's that dude. Yeah. I've ne- I didn't put that... That's fantastic. Every time they're like, and then the ghost was on the ceiling, and I screamed, and you're like, oh my God, it's it's Robert half of Robert Patrick from Double yeah. Dragon. Yeah, I didn't know what they were going for with that. Like, what? How is that? How are you creepy? Yeah. Oh, you're a shadow. Ah, it's like I don't. That's probably the worst looking superpower that I've seen for <laughs> yeah. a, a cinematic villain. I, I think ever. I, I dare say it is the worst power for a supervillain I've ever seen. Well, and to me, like again, this is stuff that they could have covered in that prologue they could have shown somebody having these powers and how evil it was and those wraith things and why he became two of them and they could have explained things because i'm i'm a very simple guy like i hear a lot of people complain and i think being such a sci-fi and fantasy guy and stuff like that i'm willing to accept anything as long as you give me the most basic explanation as to why it's okay that it's happening like you can just say yeah like you can just like uh, have a newscast at the beginning of this and go and just and in further news magic's real now bye-bye and i'd be totally on board <laughs> but they there's no explanation at all for anything with him he's just i don't even understand why he's a white guy no like if your name if your name is coco shugo yeah 
which they later call Coco Puco, which yes. is well, kind, kind of hilarious and juvenile land. Uh, you probably should not be a white guy. No, well, he had another name. They do mention it, but he's like, I'm yeah. not going by this anymore. And they even missed an opportunity because in the in the video game, the main bad guy's name is Willie. Like they kept it simple. Yeah. But they could have made him so he was Willie something, and then changed his name to this to like honor the spirit. Like again, it could have yeah. been another. Uh, prologue kind of thing it was just yeah it it dealt with some fairly lazy writing i think that i i find a lot when i do these the research and i didn't find anything specifically on this but you get a lot of bounce back from the studio and we have very similar for super mario brothers where the directors had their own vision and the studio came in and said you may not have that vision you do not have permission to have that vision and i don't know if that broke it up in this but yeah it definitely left a lot to be desired I think I think that's exactly what happened. Like they, he must have been better written at, at some point, and then we just got whatever the studio version was, which is more fart jokes, more, uh, <laughs> yeah. Which is why that Obobo scene is in there. Like I'm convinced that they went back and they're like, this movie needs 10% more fart jokes. Let, let's have Alyssa Milano force feeding him spinach and farting because that's the thing that we need in the film. <laughs> yeah, and, and I and while I never disagree that fart jokes are always necessary, but um, right. it was yeah, it was definitely something. It was a uh, it was a weird thing. Uh, did also did anybody get a like kind of a purge vibe from especially the beginning of the movie? Yeah. So okay, I wrote in my notes like very clearly the this L.A. makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Yes, New, New Angeles. <laughs> There is no internal logic to this. There's like, it's divided by gangs and the gangs have the night and the people have the day and yet tourists come to the city and there's a tourist boat, yeah. uh, which, which plays in later on. And it's like, wait, what? Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm convinced that the, the city itself is a little troubling for me. Like I could not, there's no internal logic to a lot of things that happen. And well. they say a lot of weird and they say, okay. And then everybody's in and tell the police take back the streets in the morning. How do they take back the streets by violence? Right. Or is it just a gentleman's agreement? Like, like morning, Ralph, morning, Sam. And uh, yeah. in Looney tunes where the one where, when once the shift's over, everybody yeah. just goes back. The crazy them. shift right. is over. They're so, going home. Yeah. But, done. You know, what's crazy to me. So uh, I'm a little bit of an amateur historian. So I don't know if you guys have seen gangs in New York. Yes. But, Okay, but Gangs in New York is like, you could have easily done something where there was an uneasy truce between the gangs and the police by copying that film. Yeah. Problem solved. But they don't even bother to do that. They just have like this weird Mad Max thing that's that's happening at night where they're all driving like these souped up muscle cars. It's like, wait, if it's an abandoned or kind of abandoned city, where are you getting all the parts for your car? Mm -hmm. Like this makes no sense to me. Or why are you living in an abandoned theater? Because during the day, there's people here. So shouldn't the theater not be abandoned? How are you living there? Yeah, exactly. So like it was just it was just driving me up a wall at one point. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was <laughs> and it was funny because we did just stylistically, you get so many different things. Like you said, you get some Mad Max, you get some Ninja Turtles, which I guess I'm guessing they took a little bit from mm. because it got some uh it it had some success. And they're like <laughs> it so had a little success. Yeah. So like it was just insane to me. I wanna go back and talk now about so the first big monologue from uh <laughs> Robert Patrick. I know you said yeah. you had some stuff to say about that. Yeah, I just I'm just looking over my notes from like his monologue and I was like, what? I okay, so on one hand, uh, there was a problem I had with season four of the Flash. Okay. Where it took forever to find out that the thinker wanted to make Central City go full retard. <laughs> Uh, which, which is exactly what it was. I mean, if you've seen Tropic Thunder, you know exactly what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, yes. 
yeah, that was exactly his plan. But it, it's not until episode 20 that he actually you figure out why he's doing what he's doing and what the plan is. So I give them credit for giving him like that big evil monologue scene. But I, I just I don't know about you, but I could not for a second buy any of it. Yeah. I was watching it. I'm like, what are you talking about? What if you're so rich? Why do you want to control this city? And if you can control any city, why would you control the shittiest? Yeah. Well, like, you, well what sense does that make? Yeah, it's well, and on top of that, you don't if you're so rich, you don't have to worry about literally anything anymore. Yeah. You can just kind of like put up the walls around yourself and it's like my life is the way I want it to be now, and I can just wash my hands of the rest of these Neanderthals. He's yeah, a big he has, spender. He really has no motivation whatsoever. Like it's just he's just there chewing scenery, which is on on its own merit fine. But he wasn't chewing uh, it. He was like sh- like like <laughs> a, when an alligator gets something in its mouth and shaking it and like yeah no no no, no. he he was he was Kirby Hoovering it in. <laughs> you know, guys, this yeah. guy has expensive tastes. Okay, yeah. the city is a piece of shit, but he's making money off the fact that it's a piece yeah. of shit. Okay, tips don't the frost cops. themselves. The movie told everything perfectly. I don't think you guys were even watching Double Dragon. <laughs> it's brilliant. Yeah. I was watching this prequel, Single Dragon. <laughs> yes. um, right. Wait, can you tell me about? Can you tell me about what was going on with his wardrobe? Because I, you know, like I tend to notice these things, and I was like, okay, clearly someone said not Darth Vader. No, I, I, the, I felt like he memo. like was shopping from the Steve Harvey collection, kind of. I think that he was like the future Enzo Amore. <laughs> yes. I could, yeah, you know what? I think this film is way better if you imagine it being about Enzo yep. Amore trying to take over a shitty yep. city. Nice. It makes sense him being a dirtbag, too, then. Oh, my God. He, um... I want that movie. I, I tell you, though, because you brought that up uh, in our communications and I'm sitting there and I did the rewatch and I'm like, OK, here, like this is clearly the moment. And then it just kind of by the end of it, I was just kind of sunken. And I'm like, oh, this is why he had so few lines in Terminator 2. They, right. <laughs> How dare you? No, he was good in Terminator 2 because they kept him to a... He can't form a lot of words. He's liquid metal. <laughs> See, there you go. But it and was... to, to his credit, he's gotten better. Like I've oh, seen yeah. him on... I've seen them on Scorpion. I hate that show, but he's oh, pretty good God. on that. Yeah, you got that uh, right. So, I mean, you can tell they were all very young in, to their in their like to their defense, right? But yeah, that opening monologue. I, I don't think I've ever lost a villain faster. Mm-hmm. I really can't think of a film that I've seen before where I've been like, all right, this is really stupid. I mean, you look at something like Black Panther, where Killmonger has you in thirty seconds, where he's in the oh, museum big, big and he's looking at the Wakandan artifacts. That that scene is less than like two minutes total, but just him like looking at the artifacts, you're like, all right, I'm in. That's the bad guy. But with this, you're like, fuck, am I watching? Yeah, it's basically they had to, and and this is the moment where they had to create that moment for you because sometimes right. they have to tell you. It's uh, like when you watch a movie and somebody's a singer in the movie and they're not very good singer in real life, but then when they finish singing, everybody's like, wow, you're so good. It's because that's <laughs> they, they weren't able to convey that they were a good singer on film, so they had to be... Right. So they, so <laughs> like they looks to, of disbelief. Yeah. Wow, she's so good. Yeah, it's... Uh, <clears throat> Oh, it's something. Let, let let me go back and you guys were talking about before about like who like picked this man's clothing, right? So you can see he's in the end he's got two demons within him. Both of them don't like sure. the same type of music. Okay, so that's going to be a problem, <laughs> right? They're two different entities all together, forced to be together. Not to mention he's a white dude named Coco something or other. What's his name? Coco. Coco he Chico. has yeah, Coco Carango, whatever. Coco Krispies. <laughs> 
<laughs> he is having an identity crisis. Yeah. Where he True. thinks he's in like an uh, an a late or like an early 90s like yakuza neon like Akira gang. But also he's, you know, this white dude from Connecticut or wherever the fuck he was actually born. <laughs> yeah. You could yeah, you know you know he's got a recent picture of him in a sweater vest before he switched <laughs> exactly. his style. Like um <laughs> Exactly. That would have made him a cooler villain. I would have loved it if there was a little picture on his desk. Yeah. Like wearing a sweater or petting like a little poodle or something, yeah. you know, just just something like that would have would have made it so much better. It probably would have made a lot more sense too, well, in just one little yeah. shot, right? But they don't like yeah. they're not about this. They, well, they it was, you know it was like Will Farrell in um Zoolander. When with the piano key right. tie. Yeah. It's like, you know, here's the evil him and here's him just a while before he realized he'd need to be evil to be interesting. Right. Oh man. Let's talk for just a brief moment about the casting in this. So you okay. get young Mark DeCascos who was a legitimate martial artist, uh, not yet the chairman of Iron Chef. But uh, <laughs> that is, is that what he does now? Yeah, he yeah, he, if, okay. if you if you watch Iron Chef America from the very beginning, he plays the chairman's nephew and he just basically he like literally he announces what the secret food is. So he'll go battle apricots. And then he'll maybe do a backflip or something like that and then he'll just walk around while other people talk about food. I need to watch this now because, like, I when I was little, I had a, I had a little bit of a crush. Oh, and I, I was like, oh, he uh, okay, that he's, that's the dude. Yeah, he still uh, pops up though. He was in Agents of Shield last season, I believe it was, or the big first half of this season. He was oh, the crow. Really? Okay, I, see, I don't want. I gave up on Shield a while ago. Oh, uh, so my got, sister loves it. It got good again. I also that's, gave up on that's it. Don't what everyone be. Tells me. Yeah. yeah, don't be ashamed. I gave up on it. Too. It's it's all right. Yeah, people can like what they like. I'm at a point now where there's just too many shows. I can't watch everything, so I just have to give right. up. Like I even had that back when Sopranos was on. People were like you're not watching Sopranos. I'm like I don't have time for Sopranos. I'll we'll get there. Yeah. Like their yeah. DVD existed at the time, so I was like I'll get I'll and get to it. Honestly, with the Sopranos, if you just watch season one, two, and five, you're fine. Yeah, the if you never watch the rest insane. of it, you're fine. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so you get him and so he's okay. legit. He's an unknown and it's yeah. kind of a, it's kind of a good grab, but then you get Scott Wolf. <laughs> what was clearly a Kung Fu expert. Yeah, yeah. Like he literally, there was a shot when the both of them have to kick Robert Patrick and he literally right. didn't get above his knee. Yeah, I love so that. Like, like, it, it's a split. It's a split second <laughs> shot. But if you like freeze it, you see he, he's kicking yeah. him in the shin. So here's my again. Kevin Smith has told the story. I think in his book, uh, when he was at Miramax, they had these different actors mapped out that they had plans for. Mm -hmm. Like one of them was John Stewart. They like had this whole career planned out, all the movies that John Stewart was going to be in. So I kind of wonder if it was the same thing with him. He with with him here, where they're like, all right, you know, we'll put him in double jackets so people can see him. But then we're gonna, have, you know, like we've got this master plan to put him in all those films. But then this movie just completely derailed it. Yeah, it was. And then to me, uh, again, not remembering really the, the guts of the movie, I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, he probably had to go through some pretty intense training <laughs> to get up and running. Right. He, and then literally the first fight he's in, he gives somebody a noogie. <laughs> yeah, the fight scene, which is there for, with no explanation whatsoever. It's just like it's a random yeah. karate scene. Tag team karate. You know, yes. that, that thing that everybody did. I was in karate when I was a kid. I remember my tag team partner. Like it was just, it was well not not to mention well, the last 
the last fight scene where Buddy's like swinging, all it is is them deking out him swinging a sword. Like for a movie about Kung Fu fighting in a video game, it's lack of preparation on the fight scenes is shockingly hilarious. Yeah. It's, it's almost like Iron Fist levels. I think Iron Fist might, might have it slightly beat, but not by much. Yeah, Iron Fist was heartbreaking. <laughs> but like, like that one, I was legitimately upset because I didn't know Iron yeah. Fist... I, I, I didn't know him from Adam, you know, when when uh, I heard about him. And then I saw so I've got some comic book fans at work and stuff like that telling me, you got to check this guy out. Uh, you've got to, uh, it, you know, it's like he is the best fighter in all of the Marvel right. Universe. And it's all this stuff. And I'm like, ooh, I'm going to strap in. And then I'm watching and I'm like, literally every fight in Daredevil was a thousand times better than this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's still comparison. Like there's a cut every three seconds in, in any of the fight sequences in Iron Fist. Yeah. And to me, it's it's heartbreaking because that character really should be smiley Batman. Yeah. Like, it's it's just happy Batman. That's all you need to do to sell to sell someone on Iron Fest. And they completely just... Ah, we're, I'm going to get off on a whole tangent about that show. <laughs> I like uh, I like that happy Batman. That's a good way of putting Iron yeah. Fist, actually. That, that's, what he, that's what he is, happy Batman. Yeah. What I, I kind of picture... Um, had this been made maybe in the early 2000s, it would have been played by Brendan Fraser because he was the king yeah. of the fish out of water, <laughs> happy idiot movies. Yeah, I could, I could totally, I, you know, let's, let's remake the film right now. Brendan Fraser has nothing to do. Oh yeah. Uh, he, he's like, just, he's just being a meme of laughing at an award show. Yeah, that's. He performs that's it live though. Every time he's, he, he's a giver, but. Um, you wish you were a meme. <laughs> I tried to be once and nobody told it, it didn't catch on. I was nude. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's so we, we get through all that. We've we learn the, the mystery of all this. And then we learn about the amulets. And then we find out that this random girl who is the Lee brothers, let's say, stepmom, like, yeah. f- like foster like, they mom. Really tell you. So yeah, so that, yeah. So yeah, it's I, we don't know who she is, but I honestly thought I'm like, is she one of their girlfriends or is she like their sister that yeah. I, or something? Because she doesn't look like she's different age. And then they just randomly bring up it's oh, it's the scene when they're like, uh, you know, like uh, under the care of, and then they say Satoru whatever. And I'm like, what? Like she's maybe six months older than them. Like yeah. you look them up on IMDb, and she's considerably older than them. It's just a matter of aging, well, I guess. But I they they needed to have something, some conversation where it's like when I took you guys in and blah blah blah. It's very vague. What they do say, like they mentioned very briefly, like she's the only one there for us. But that's it. Yeah. No. So I when I first watched the film, I took it as when well, I first rewatched it, I took it as more like a Mikasa and Aaron Yeager thing. Like okay. I didn't. I didn't put two because Mikasa isn't that much older than Aaron. So when I first saw them together, I was thinking, okay, maybe that's sort of like older sister protecting. But then, yeah, then they go into this whole, I've been looking at it for you since you were children. It's like, what, what, what? And yeah, they never stop to explain it. And then she, then she just, she's there to dump exposition. Yeah. She's immortal. Serves no other purpose. Well, it's until she dies. Yeah. She's immortal until she dies viciously. But, um, yeah, she like it was. There's just so many things I couldn't make heads or tails of, and then you get this Abobo guy, and he, at first he felt really shoehorned in, yeah. um, just as because they've got these weird gangs and whatever. And again, you you nailed it right on the head when you said Mad Max. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> those guys were the Mohawks were 100 percent from Mad Max. But that's that's why I wrote in my. I was like, okay, was everyone that was fired from the set of Mad Max hired for this film? 
Because that's that's what I thought. That's what it looked like initially. Because yeah, Bobo. I mean, so okay. Here's the crazy thing: it's like uh, Satori is the only one that dies. She is the only death in the film, which to me is also sort of incredible when you think about it. Uh, Abobo is just sort of there. I don't, I, and he has more character than Alyssa Milano. Like he actually has growth where there's that scene where he's, he's looking in the mirror and crying, which to me is probably what the screenwriters did. <laughs> what a scene. When, when they saw... That was a very Street Fighter moment to me too. That reminded me very yeah. much of when Blanca is aware of himself for the first time after becoming the monster. And the only problem was then he, at least he had a friend who was like willing to kill him at the first go. He's like, literally like, he's like, I'll take care of you and puts a gun to his head. And, like your best friend. That's yeah. a good friend. That's what yeah. I'll ask of you tonight. Yeah. Oh, I've, if you, if you look a little green just from illness, I'm going to put a bullet in He's your He's been head. waiting for a long time. You know, you know, when you guys said that they, they, they added more farts and stuff, that scene, right. that crying scene of that big bastard right there is they were like, this might win an award. We cannot allow that. Add fifty percent more farts. Yeah, yeah I could see someone just be like, "That's the Oscar moment." Yeah, right there, <laughs> just in the penis head costume yep. and blubbering and farting. She just got real, man. They're like, "Look at this blubbery penis." Oh my god! Hey, if, if Shape of Water can win an Academy Award, <laughs> yeah, I could. Yeah, damn good That's- point. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. that should be actually a, the name of a new like uh, like a like a pub, the the, the blubbery penis. <laughs> you know i think it could I'm be sure. like like a firkin I, I could, I, that sounds like a franchise to me boys let's get on this yeah don't forget I, the blubbery penis yeah we'll get we'll get back to that when <laughs> when, when, when all our big podcast money runs out yeah, exactly. uh, <laughs> but uh and then so yeah so i mean we now get we get to the end of the movie we have the weird battle of it, and that was something I found too. Just getting to the end of the movie, it felt very. You had the beginning of the movie, then the end of the movie. Right. I didn't find really a middle of this movie. Yeah, no, it just they go from one thing to another, high fiving each other weirdly. Yeah, because I was I was sitting there, and I'm honestly because I was doing some little research on the side and stuff like that, and I'm just sitting there, and all of a sudden it went from okay, Satoru's dead. Like to me, that's the that's the end of Act One, or should be the end of Act right. One, and like. Only moments later, they're like, now it's time to take the fight. And then you're all of a sudden in Act 3. Like, Act 2 was a minute and a quarter. Like, uh, but yeah, but we get there, and Alyssa Milano has unleashed her foot clan. Right, yeah, which yeah, which has kids, and apparently they have some kind, they have weapons training. Yeah. So I would really like to know what is going on there. Like, is she teaching them, is she teaching these children how to sword fight to murder people, or is she teaching them, to, like, to take back the streets? Like, what... I wish that there was that kind of moment where it's like, hey, this is what this group does and this is why they're here. They just, yeah, they just seem like a bunch of extras that pop up to, to fill space. Yeah, her intro is kind of a, just a reminder that her intentions are good. I'm ho- probably because right. they were hoping nobody was going to question later on. I think they should have made it kind of a Lost Boys kind of thing where the kids didn't get any any yeah. hardcore violence. Like they were just like, you know, kneeling behind the bad guys and pushing them over and things like that. Like keep it simple with them. Yeah, uh, that but would have like, been a much better movie. <laughs> yeah, but hey, well, that's what we're doing right now. We're we're brainstorming, and I'll I'll send this off to the studios, and hopefully we'll get another one going. <laughs> I'll see you in Hollywood, my friend. But, Dear Paul Dini, yeah. you remember that film you wrote twenty five years ago? Yeah, he'll be like, that's the only thing I think about. I'm on board. Yeah, exactly. He's like Batman Beyond. Nobody really knows, but it's Jimmy Lee from Double Dragon under that that's mask. That's right. But uh, he is, uh, yeah, so we get to this point and then you have this battle and like we've talked about already, him splitting off into the other characters. And then you get the 
uh, possession of right. uh, Jimmy Lee. So you you get it a couple of times because he also possesses uh, Robert Patrick also possesses Satoru. I'm not saying Coco Shugo, you can't make me. Um, <laughs> but uh, he possesses Satoru earlier and then possesses him again. And then you get the wonderful front flip off of yes. the ledge <laughs> and then right. the f- or the back flip off of the ledge then the front <laughs> flip back on the ledge onto the ledge clearly not backwards yeah not at all it was yeah not not a reverse thing at all but uh you know what's, what's that but you know what's you know what's funny though is that uh, uh did you guys see rampage just recently uh we i have not checked that one okay out, no I kind of wonder. It's better than everyone thinks it would. It's better than it has any right to be. Nice. Uh, I will say that. That seems to be the general consensus. But I found Double Dragon might have started the trend of having the arcade machine somewhere prominent in the film. Oh, really? Because I don't think they do that in Street Fighter or uh, even Mortal Kombat when that came out. Like I think this is the first one where clearly the video game, the arcade game, is con- is. Uh, is behind Robert Patrick, and you see it. Oh yeah, like it's just, and they do that later in Rampage, where the, the Rampage arcade machine is in the office. Oh really? Of the company, yeah. So I'm kind of wondering if if that is the moment that trend started of hey, we're acknowledging where this came from. I think that they might that might literally be them telling like people who would be a little otherwise ignorant, hey, this was a video game. Uh, because yeah, I know sure. a lot, I know a lot of people, and I've heard other podcasts where people didn't know Mortal Kombat was a video game when they went into watching it. I, they, this yes. is uh, this is the minority of people, but I I couldn't imagine watching one of these movies not knowing it was a video game. Because when you came out, you'd be like, "What kind of insanity is this?" Um, yeah. To the Street Fighter credit, though, they didn't have the video game, but his joystick thing that he uses to uh, try and stop yes. Guile on the boat it is the panel from the game but yeah the actual physical game itself isn't in there can i tell you like this is this is a tangent but um they just announced that jake gyllenhaal might play mysterio and i'm convinced if raul julia was still alive (laughs) there is no other person for that role but him oh like he would just be fantastic as mysterio like to me if i was fantasy casting it he was that yeah that's that's cool i again he's not a guy i know a ton about i've seen some of the old cartoons and stuff Mysterio like that. is the guy with the big orb on his head, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And he's like all, I kind of like him because I was sitting there. I'm like, isn't he a little too crazy even for yeah, a Marvel that's... movie? But then I started hearing, oh, he's like a special effects guy and stuff. I'm like, oh, no, that yeah. kind of lines up. That's that's his whole deal is he's just a washed up special effects guy who decides to go into crime. Mm-hmm. And so if you watch uh, Raul Julia's performance as Bison, where it's so over the top, that's generally how Mysterio is written in the comics, where he's just... He's a fraud, so he acts like he's this great actor, but he's awful. So, yeah, to me, that that's what would have made it perfect. Yeah. Uh, but th- yeah. So anytime we mention Street Fighter, it just go. My brain goes right to Raul Julia. I loved. I still to this day like we air. I'm I broadcast at a TV station in uh, in Toronto. Very cool. And uh, we play on one of our channels. We play Street Fighter on the reg, man. It's all the time. Really. It's and so I see it probably once a week. Okay. And I don't know why I can't not watch it. It's like I have better, I have much better things to do and more important things to be doing. But then right. I, I see that first like news feed scene at the beginning from Shadowloo, and I'm like, oh, and that's going on. And dereliction of duty begins now. Uh, but but yeah, I, coworkers being murdered over there. Yeah, you can wait. Not my baby's crying at Fox Street Fighter. Why are there started. babies crying at a TV station? Who knows? That realistic. But um, <laughs> on one of the TVs. Oh yeah. Well, I don't have to do. I don't have to deal with that. Um, 
but it was yeah it's one of those really crazy ones but yeah i truly loved him in that movie and it's like the, the his only downfall being his inability to fight and the fact that he was riddled with <laughs> right. cancer while he was doing the movie but um yeah, yeah it's it, that would be interesting to see but i'll tell you though about jake gyllenhaal he, he's finally like not fooling me because when i heard jake gyllenhaal is like circling mysterio i honest to god thought they're gonna catch me on this again because when he was doing nightcrawler i thought he was doing a marvel movie and then so I was like, oh, cool. He's going to play Nightcrawler. Nope, that's not what it was. And then he was doing this That would have been a way better movie. Yeah, and then... That would have been a way better movie. Yeah, exactly. And then I'm just sitting there, and I'm sitting there, and I see Mysterio, and I'm like, oh, no, fool me once, Jake Gyllenhaal, shame on yeah. you. And then I realized it was actually Marvel this time, and I'm like, oh, okay, phew. Got him a second time. Oh, oh, it won't be you watch the movie will be Mysterio and he'll be some like some kids party magician who falls <laughs> in love with this battered housewife. It's going to be heavy drama. It better be. You're going to be so fucking pissed. But he's going to be ripped during it. Oh, of course. Come on. And, he, and still and still have <laughs> sex with Heath Ledger. It's, I'm not going to I'm not going to say I don't want to see it. He, he's always got this no, like it's... dopey eyed like he smoked a big cannon just before going on his camera. He's always got this kind of slack eyed thing going on. Yeah, that's he does. He his eyebrows are weighing his his down. <laughs> That's where he keeps his weed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, to get so to get back to the very end of the movie now. So we we discussed really quickly the a Bobo driving the car away. Yes. And I know I know you had some thoughts on that. Okay. So uh, this is one of those things where you know obviously when I was little and first saw this movie I had no conception of what Kevin Smith was. Uh, but if you've seen the Clerks cartoon, mm -hmm. there is an episode where Dante Randall put on trial uh, and they're on trial and like the jury is all NBA all stars. And uh, he says that they literally had no idea how to end the episode. So the episode breaks down and becomes this crazy Korean animation thing. Uh, and just stuff is happening and there's like giant robots. And and then there's this line where uh, Dante Randall get into the car and it says, who is driving the car? And then it cuts to the front. And you see that there's a bear driving. It goes, bear is driving the car. How can this be? <laughs> and so it's become like a little bit. If you Google bears driving the car, you will see you will see the exact scene I'm talking about. It's become a little bit of a meme within like you know, the Kevin Smith fandom. But when I saw the scene again, I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> Popo is the bear. Yeah. Like he's just there for no reason driving the car off to do whatever. And so. It's such a weird Sakami ending. Yeah. Uh, that with the benefit of like seeing this other stuff, it's funnier. But I think what's what's crazy to me about this scene is like it has no real purpose in being in a the film. They were just like, we don't know how to end this movie, kind of like how they didn't know how to end the episode. So let's end it on a silly note where the farting guy drives them away before they tag team the hot girl. Oh, exactly. No <laughs> doubt. But, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but I, I feel like they just wanted I, I feel like they decided he was likable at some point function sure. at some yeah. point and then so they probably did what they did with zangief in street fighter where all of a yes. sudden he was like and he does like the sideways thumb and they're like no thumbs up and he's like oh i'm a good guy now you turn me up to 11 yeah. but um the uh what's that line from wreck it ralph zangief is bad guy but does that mean zangief has to be bad guy <laughs> yes true that right <laughs> that was br i remember my mind being blown when he was in that i was like how did they get the right stuff yeah, and everybody was in there yeah. yeah it's good when they do that i guess ready player one kind of did the same yeah. it's just it's just a yeah. pop culture smack in the face 
But no, yeah, that was so, crazy because they had Nintendo characters, which they yeah. never like. You know, they never fucking right. hand those guys yeah. out. Well, can we also discuss too the uh, two Asian gentlemen who are at the end and seeing all this <gasps> stuff going down? Oh. Can we discuss not only Al Long, who we talked about earlier, who is in everything, but their names yeah. are Huey and Lewis. Yes, I saw that. Like, <laughs> and and the line does occur where he, where uh, Robert Patrick goes, Huey Lewis, what's the news? And I almost yeah. killed myself, and this podcast <laughs> almost didn't happen. Like it was just, it's, I saw it coming. So, okay, okay, so what what was okay? So again, like I'm convinced that there was a better movie here because there's a lot of RoboCop elements. Like there's that scene where they're doing the news broadcast where Vanna White is playing herself and doing the news, and Andy Dick is is the weatherman, and so to me. Like very clearly, there was a different film here where they had lines like, you know, who's the boss or uh, generally they put people in the hospital. Like, I'm convinced that that line, what's the news, is left over from that better movie Absolutely. where it wasn't taking itself seriously and they were just having fun and fucking around. Yeah. Well, and also this movie takes place in 2007 and I can speak to the fact <laughs> that Vanna White does not look that good in 2007. Right. She actually looks better Although in 2017. Simulano, I think as beautiful now as she was then. So yeah, well she mm-hmm. she looks great. She's aged well, but then but then you can also then put Andy Dick up against that same barometer, and he's not going to come out so clean. No, that's very that's very true. Um, yeah, that it was just it was also crazy to me, and yeah, I I started kind of again just writing my own movie on this because I started that thinking on that purge and stuff like this. And then the idea of Alyssa Milano being the head of this power core thing. And I thought, okay, so we've got a fairly simple movie here. You get the main bad guy, the head of all these gangs and stuff like that orders the girl to be killed. Who's like the head of the power core, like cut the head off the snake kind of thing. And Billy's got a thing for her. She gets kidnapped or hurt or whatever. And then they go out to try and, and everything, and that becomes more like the game too, where it's just okay. Exactly. The bad thing has happened, and now to make the good thing happen, we just have to fight a bunch of people to get to the end. But they never yeah. did that. They just kind of like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm here and I'm doing this thing. I'll see you later, and it's like because I'll I'll come up again, but not the way you think. Yeah, no, I think that I think that's exactly right. I mean, very clearly, I think that the actors were sort of like they know that this is going to be the shits, and so they just went to business for themselves. And so I'm convinced that they did at one point we're probably just making stuff up on the fly and then shoehorning it into what what should have been a very, very simple, uncomplicated film. I mean, yeah, the the video game's plot is that the bad guy punches Marianne in the gut, slings her over her shoulder and then walks away. Yeah. And and then that's it. And then you're just chasing them. It's it's a side scroller where you're just chasing them through the streets. Uh, Yeah, I just feel like with this film, ah, there's so much going on. I really want to know. Like, I really want. Paul Dini to do the sit-down interview with me uh, where we talk about this film and what went wrong. And I don't think he's going to do it, but I, I keep trying. I will, I, I tell you, I will buy 50 copies of that book. If you, if you get all, if, if you get all the things together that you want to get together to make this book, I will, I will just, I will buy all the copies in Canada okay. and then just give them out like Robin Hood. And like everybody must know it's, I'm right. It's the, just the, the sheer idea of, can we make it a thing and at the same time explaining what the hell happened? I don't right. think so. Let me, let me ask you guys something. Like, so I got into this argument on Twitter, which is where all arguments take place. Uh, Double Dragon is the worst reviewed video game film. I, I think it's what, yeah, it's by, according to Ron Tomatoes, it has the lowest score of any video game film released since, uh, 
since 2018, really. And so I'm, I'm of the belief that that would make it the worst video game film. Do you guys agree with that, or do you think that there's something that's worse? Doom. There. Ah, okay. Doom. You're talking about hell? Doom was a hell. Oh, my yeah. God. Uh, I agree. Doom was worse. Mario Brothers is way worse. Super Mario Brothers is worse okay. because it doesn't even – it barely acknowledges the fact that it is Mario Brothers. Right. And it's like Fair. like other than – like Goombas don't look like Goombas. Nothing is what it seems like. They made attempts yeah. in this movie. And that dude, that big penis dude yeah. is totally the exact same character as the friendly Goomba in Mario yeah. Brothers. Yeah, I, I was going to, I was actually going to like bring the that up. The same fucking character. Yeah, it's every, every, like, I think they actually like laid out a thing. And what's really interesting too, is the directors of Super Mario Brothers did Max Head, Headroom. So they were all okay. style over function, right? So when I watch that movie, I try and take that you know, keep that in mind. I, I actually reached out to John Leguizamo and Samantha Mathis to see if I could get nice. either one of them to speak to me. Bob Hoskins was not returning my calls for some reason. But, <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but he, uh, but yeah, no, nobody reached back. So. I reached out to John Leguizamo once and he slapped my hand yeah, away well, real you, fast. You were reaching below his belt. You were reaching like you were Scott Wolf trying to kick him. But, um, <laughs> but the, uh, yeah, it was, so, I mean, that one was crazy because it's like it didn't even make an effort to be the movie it was. It's like if you buy the rights to Lord of the Rings and then said, oh, good, now that I have the rights to this famous name, I'm going to make something completely different. It's going to be about, uh, you know, you know, racism in L.A. in the 60s and pornography. Like, it, it might as well have been the same thing to me. It was just like they slapped in just enough to make some toys that would remind people of the video game. And that was the end of it. Um, other ones I'm thinking Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Was, what, what, what about yeah, yourself? Do you, do you that, have that one was... that, that you think is worse that we didn't mention? Uh, Tekken is pretty bad. Well, uh, Tekken movie? Yeah, I forgot. Yeah. Ugh. There is a Tekken film and it's just as bad as you think it is. I think, you know, Annihilation was the one uh, that I was the most disappointed with. That I really was looking forward to the sequel because I, I loved Mortal Kombat when because I was the appropriate age when it came out. You know, I was little and I was like, this is awesome. And they're ripping off each other's heads. Yeah. What? So when Annihilation came out, I was like, all right, wait, Sonya Blade didn't even come back. You got a different actress. And there's that cat fighting scene, which is great. A plus, but, but it has no purpose whatsoever. And then it's just bad on so many levels. Like you can, you can close your eyes and say, all right, this is what's going to happen next. And you would be spot on with Annihilation. So personally to me, that might always be the worst. And it's biggest failure too, was a sequel like that, because the first one actually had a pretty low budget, all things considered. Uh, right. It had the opportunity to now, okay, now we've made money with it and we can bolster that budget and we can learn from the mistakes. And right. they didn't. They made they did more mistakes. <laughs> and it was, you know, it was like things like, you know, like like Goro in Mortal Kombat was really weak. And yeah. like you had a, like the punch in the nuts moment with like the crossed eyes. And you that's just upsetting. But it is what it is. <laughs> and um, but then you have now you have this ability to go <clears> back <throat> and it's like, OK, now we can make good on that. And I feel like that's what the TV right. show was really trying to do is we're going to make good on all the things they failed to do the first time. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that they just went so overboard with they, there's, there's stuff in that second movie that serves absolutely zero purpose. That's just uh, like the cyborg ninjas are there mm -hmm. for no reason. And it, it goes completely unexplained other than, Oh, Hey, there they are. It's like, wait, what? Uh, so yeah, I, I think that that's 
You know, now that I'm thinking about Tekken, Tekken might actually be the worst. <laughs> uh, but I haven't seen the Yui Ball film, so I, I know that those oh. are tend to be pretty bad. Oh, uh, in the name of the king. Uh, I'll I'll just I'll, I'll I won't I won't put it in the episode, but I'll just pitch it here. Okay. Watch the um, how did this get made episode of In the Name of the King. It's okay. very funny, uh, and they talk specifically about how Yui Bowl like threatens to fight people, like people give him bad reviews. Yes, and, I've seen that. <laughs> he's just insane, and that's uh, that's something. But yeah, it's I I feel like though this was the era that really kind of soured people on video game movies for a long time. Like Nintendo was out. They were actually in pre-production for Metroid when this movie came out or when uh, Super Mario came out and then they just scrapped it. They're like, you know what? Forget it. These It's only recently that they're getting back into it. It's only like this year that they very slowly have said, you know what? Uh, We're doing Detective Pikachu and uh, I think we're going to do some more animated uh, content on more animated films. So, I mean, the 2018 versus what What year was Mario Brothers? 93, 92? Thereabouts, yeah. Something like that. But yeah. And the big thing, especially, I think it was exactly that, is everybody who took these things, and superhero movies I can probably uh, throw in there as well at the time anyways, was everybody was just blowing it. This was before, like, Sam Raimi, Spider-Man, and people were like, wow, cool, you know? But... Um, it's people were afraid to touch these things, but now you can see people actually like looking at the source material and not treating it like a joke. We've talked about that. That's it right there is the using the source material. That's what killed me about all these movies is like, they never even watched it and they're just like, yeah, super double dragon. Yeah. Two two headed dragon. He falls out with his old lady. You know what I mean? And it's just all these guys who never even played the game or care making the movie. Well, I mean, you still, we still kind of see it today with some comic book movies. I mean, we still had Halle Berry's Catwoman. Yeah. Oh, what a Which gem. was Catwoman in name only. I think it was not until Iron Man where you're like, oh, okay, they're actually... Well, even then, because the Incredible Hulk came out and was like this weird mismatch of things. But it wasn't really until the Marvel films where people were like, okay, we're going to take the superhero film seriously as well. So I, I kind of wonder... You know, now... It, I mean, I didn't see Assassin's Creed, so I can't speak to it. But no. <laughs> I, I wonder if now the, they follow it. No, I didn't... Yeah, I didn't see. I didn't see it. I was. I again. I was kind of in that same space. I didn't step of, foot in even near the theater when Assassin's yeah, Creed came. Yeah, like, he fuck went that. He went and saw no movies just to be safe. Woo. He didn't want to accidentally follow. <laughs> oh, or, or like when you're in a theater and you can kind of hear the other movie next to you before yours starts. I, I would kill myself. Yeah. <laughs> um. I. I didn't. It was one of those things because I didn't know the world and Warcraft would probably be another one that would fall under that. I didn't yeah. I, I didn't know the game. So I was like, OK, I'm already going in in a disadvantage. So then if it's even like if it's not a million times better than what the game is, I couldn't possibly like it. So I'm like, I'll find it someday when it's on TV or something. Yeah. I have Final Fantasy Spirits Within. Yeah. Was another one that to me like was very because I that was coming off of Final Fantasy 7. Mm hmm. Uh, and the explosion popped you. So I, I went into the theater thinking, okay, you just told a great story. Just do that. And then you got this movie that has nothing to do with anything. Like that movie just, it's it's irrelevant. It's like something that they just made and slapped a Final Fantasy name on it. It wasn't until Advent Children came out that you're like, okay, this is a great, this is a decent video game film. Yeah, I was, and see, I get it. Final Fantasy wasn't something I knew. I saw Spirits the, Within. He's yeah. correct. It was like, well, I was like, what the shit? Well, and so- yeah. And, it has nothing to do with anything. Yeah, like, nothing. It's just Final Fantasy. And it's kind of like Halloween 3. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I just, the only reason I went and saw uh, Final Fantasy Spirits Within was because it looked so 
it it looked so advanced for an animated movie. It did. And I was like, well, I got to go check that out. Like, And I didn't know anything. And then literally I walked out like they might as well have not even put the audio up because it didn't make any difference to me. <laughs> it was like watching an episode of Baywatch. I'm like, oh, there was a plot or something. Great. That's but you know it's it's crazy to me that it also goes the other way. Like we had video games that were based on films that were awful. Yeah. Like I remember having the you know that some of them were great. Like Aladdin for the Sega Genesis is considered a classic. Sweet game. But then you've got Wayne's World for the Super Nintendo, which has got to be one of the most god awful things ever invented. <laughs> Hudson Hawk the uh, for Nintendo oh, is very yeah. up there too. So it matches the movie then. Yes. Oh, that's good. Yep. Well, they always did that thing where it's like it's a movie without action conflict that we're, that we're going to give you a video game and it's like oh what are you going to do i'm going to jump up and collect cds well does that happen yep. in the in the movie no not at all but <laughs> gotta put out something it's like that super mario brothers 2 thing where they just took a different game and threw mario on top i feel like that's what yeah. happens with these movie games but you know what's crazy so double dragon and street fighter are the only two that i can think of where they went and reskinned the game based on the movie. Yes. So like Street Fighter came out and then they went and reskinned Street Fighter with the actors yep. and put it down and put it down in the arcade. And then they didn't reskin everyone for Double Dragon, but they did go and change the game around to match the movie. Yeah. But and I that's not you, something we've seen. Yeah, I can tell you though, in my research, they planned on reskinning them and they scrapped the plans. Uh, oh really? Yeah, they had they had a thing and they basically the uh video game company came back to them and said they weren't going to be able to get it done on time because it was basically supposed to come out with the movie and they basically and they didn't give them enough time to get it going so they're like we can't do it and then they ended up and then they ended up doing a new they did like a fighting game in Japan and a couple of other things there was a couple of iterations uh but yeah none of them were like the movie realistic Right. versions that like we saw in the street fighter one or it's like looking like the mortal Kombat game essentially yeah yeah i don't know were there any other scenes or any other moments that we wanted to bring up no there's that one weird scene where robert patrick kills one of the gang leaders just to establish that he's in charge of the gangs and to me i, I don't know about you guys i just felt that was completely unnecessary like oh, yeah, he's he the richest him. man in los angeles you know he he's clearly evil and in control of a lot of stuff. So why couldn't you just say I'm in control of all the gangs? Like, did you really need that Mad Max moment? Uh, I'm going to kill this guy on my evil, evil shadow power, my lame shadow power. It just, it did nothing for me. Yeah. Well, no, it shows you, well, yeah, he had to, cause you got to show them. I'm not fucking around. He probably hadn't killed somebody in front of his dudes in a while. Yeah. They're getting a little lax. They're taking sure. longer breaks than they should. And he's like, bam, <laughs> I just killed this guy. And now, you know, remember, I'm the fucking shadow man. I under I understood (laughs) the intention. But, yeah, it's exactly like you said. It didn't accomplish what it was trying. Like, it it didn't really accomplish it. It was really lackluster. It's literally just a shadow goes up to a giant dude who I who looked like he was the dude from the hills have eyes. Yes. And, And he just starts like choking him. And I was like, all right. So and then we watch him die and he just becomes a person. And then everybody's like, "Okay, we're with you now. And that was just kind of the end. And I'm like, oh, all right. Well, that that solved that then. Credits. <laughs> I liked I liked when, uh, if you remember in the movie, when Jason Patrick, I don't know if he had one half of the medallion, but he goes like kind of wavy yeah. cardboard, yeah. Uh, black and white. He is either entering or coming out of a take on me by AHA. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's entering the end of the. He's uh, entering the animated the world, yeah, universe. where he's raging out because he doesn't have a girlfriend who's in color. <laughs> yes, that was definitely one of those scenes where I also wrote "lol." What? Yeah, taking capital. Letters. Yeah, like, that was just very strange to me. Like it's just a strange film, and I think that hopefully people that listen or watch this will 
will go back and be like, wow, this was actually something that people paid to make and put into theaters. Oh, man. Well, we thank you for bringing it back into our consciousness. Yes, okay. I want to do, okay, this is, I've been thinking about this the whole time because we know (laughs) that this is where the movie was supposed to go. It was probably a scene that they filmed and then threw in the can. Okay, so movie. Alyssa Milano, the two brother, the bro bros, right? They're walking off. It fades down. It comes back up. They're wobbly aching her. Okay. So they're all <laughs> naked. They're each taking an end. Okay. They're yeah. pumping away. The music is going. Their medallions are swinging and clinking together every now and then. Have, suddenly, so far. suddenly, yeah. right? They high five at the same exact moment they high five, they lock eyes because that's the only way they can achieve an orgasm. Okay. <laughs> when they orgasm at that very moment that the high five clacks, the medallion comes together and goes, and it says double drag in the end. With a question mark. Yes, with a question mark because then not only is there a sequel and am I now questioning my sexuality? Yeah. <laughs> or the real I, I was gonna say or the, or the real question if they use their powers the way that Robert Patrick did can they turn into four of those weird monster things and quadruple team her oh shit that, that's very true <laughs> this is very you know what to me like again like I'm convinced that there was like this R-rated funny kind of mischievous film buried underneath all of this so that's like the perfect ending for that film <laughs> uh, I love it I'm sold oh my god okay well <laughs> We thank you so much for coming and doing oh. this with us and taking the time. And we took a lot of your time here. So, Oh, thank you guys for having me. Uh, thank you very much. You're a cool dude, man. I like yeah. your style. Infinitely more interesting than us. So it's very nice to have interesting people on this show. We, uh, again, just want to say uh, uh, social media is bullshit, privacy and how we get it back. And issue one of uh, Vengeance Nevada, they're all out there. Go find them. Go and check this stuff out. Uh, BJ Mendelson, thank you so much for being a part of this. Oh, thank you guys. I had a blast. Oh, that's awesome, man. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thanks, man.